This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. Hello and welcome back to the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Alex Milsom. And me, Shivani Dave. And I say welcome back because you catch Shivani and I right in the middle of our two special episodes all about bisexuality. Last week we looked at coming out as bisexual and some of the stereotypes which still surround bisexuality today with the help of activist Lewis Oakley and a whole host of other brilliant guests from Virgin Radio Pride. And this week we're going to be looking at whether the term bisexuality is still even relevant as well as how bisexual people are represented in the media and beyond. But first, the important question, how was your week? It was actually quite nice. I saw a film, seeing as you just mentioned media representation, a short film that's going to be out in BFI Flare later this week, this month. I'm not too sure how BFI Flare works. <laughs> but uh, there's going to be a couple of different screenings of this film called Queer Parava, which is all about a queer South Asian storyline, about love, about joy, about family. And that was just really nice representation for me to see this week because I'm kind of still buzzing from it. Yeah, I saw it on your um, story and Instagram. It looked like you had a really nice time. Um, what was the storyline about? It was about... I don't want to give it away, good, but it's good. about... No spoilers a family, here. No spoilers here, but the, the sort of like teaser is there is a big wedding and a relative from the past shows up and it's all about queer family and queer joy and finding those connections and the people who you might have grown apart from over time it was very sweet i really enjoyed it um i had a great time very colorful very camp loved it <laughs> what about you how was your i'm seeing a fresh haircut <laughs> yeah i know i was thinking like before i came into this studio because we always chat about a week at the beginning i was like what have i actually done a value this week and i was like i used the wrong clean with my bathroom mirrors um, so they have what is the streaks. wrong cleaner? Hold on, wait. I, I don't the know. It's just not the one that I've used. Like there's is it streaks. Streaky? Yeah, there's streaks over it. Honestly, if it, it's like I went to the butchers, there's so much streaks. It's like a big pack of streaky bacon. Um, and then, uh, obviously, the more important thing, the fresh trim, because we all know that hair is power. To quote Fleabag, and you know, yeah, I I've been walking around. I also had oh, this is big news. I had my first iced latte of the season which basically means that my gay superpowers have been restored. Um, gay rights. <laughs> gay rights, ice latte, fresh trim. It's like you're ready, summer is coming, and you are prepared. And I went to the gym. Oh, God. I, yeah, basically, my, my contributions for this week are absolutely meaningless to wider society. But I had a haircut. I scared a lot of people with, you know, the rattle of ice cubes in my drink as I was walking towards them. They were like, oh, he's a, he's a queer on a mission. And... On top of that, um, I can't really remember. My week was really mean. Like, I had food poisoning. There we go. Woohoo! Okay, that's... A full way to round off your week. It's like, I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> let's jump straight back in then, shall we? Yes, let's. And what better place to start with someone we chatted to a few weeks ago, the lovely Dominic Arnold, who is the CEO of charity Just Like Us. Have a listen to what Dominic had to say about what he thinks the definition of bisexuality is. I mean, it's an interesting point, isn't it? What is the literal definition? I, I mean, I think as, as long as I've been out, which is uh, sadly quite, quite a long time, 
um, bi people have always been attracted to all kinds of different people. And in a way, framing bi people as being attracted to men and women is sort of framing bi people in the same way that people of other sexual orientations frame their own sexual orientations. So they will say, I'm attracted to men, I'm attracted to women. But the bi people that I know and have grown up with, the pan people that I know, just simply don't really see it like that. So, um, you know, so the best way of looking at it, perhaps for me, is my own sexual orientation is that someone's, you know, sexual organs are not the defining thing that I see about them as being attractive. And I've been attracted to um, men and women and people that are not men and women um, for all sorts of different wonderful reasons. Um, and, and really that just doesn't sort of come into it. And I think pan people often describe themselves in the same way, which leads to this sort of, well, is that bi or is that pan? And I think you know, people will always, as you say, language will always evolve. People will always find new ways uh, to define their sexual orientation. Um, I, I call myself bi because I've, that's what I've always called myself. And coming out as bisexual was incredibly important to me. So I, I don't, I, that's a term that means a lot to me. And that's why I use that term. Someone else um, might and have uh, referred to my sort of sexual orientation as being pan. And I, d I don't really mind that either. I think we're also sometimes a bit too guilty of going down the route of you know a word's etymology to understand what it means and you know kind of going oh well by well a bicycle has two wheels and i've heard people use that as a sort of really compelling and i'm using air quotes around that because what would it be it wouldn't be a virgin radio broadcast if i didn't use air quotes at some point but i think sometimes people are just using the words far too literally and you know that argument is really really weak because obviously gender isn't a binary and it just it, it goes back to all of that and i think it's really nice to just hear someone that feels comfortable using the, their word they're happy to use their word they're all right with the other word as well if you want to do that but they they found a word that fits them yeah i totally agree with you alex it's such a hard thing to try and define because it's a label for somebody else like you wouldn't if somebody's told you that they uh write poetry in their spare time and they see themselves as a writer even though that's not their sort of main income or their job or whatever you wouldn't be like no you're not a writer unless you're published <laughs> and it's, it's a little bit like that like if I tell you I'm bi you kind of just going to be like okay great I, I know that now about you kind of thing <laughs> thank you for sharing that fact and that is all you get to do with it <laughs> right okay cool yeah you don't you, this isn't a debate yeah you're not like we, we don't give you 40 seconds of opposition time no it's a fact that we exactly. just said. It's closing arguments. <laughs> and like, it's also that whole, the whole thing about talking about organs and the, the sexual organs thing that Dominic refers to there um, is a little bit awkward because, you know, I, the first thing I think of when I'm attracted to somebody, when I, when I want to hang out with somebody in a way that's more than just friends, I'm not like, Ooh, I wonder <laughs> what your organs are like. I'm just kind of like, I, I, like you and I want to get to know you more or I want to get to know you in a different way and so for that reason people have called me pan too which is fine I wouldn't be upset by that mm. term but I think the hard and fast rule for when you talk to somebody about their identity is to take the lead from what they say and then you know go with that go, let that person lead and they should also let you lead and that's the way that society should function, in my view. I thought you were going with that's the way the cookie crumbles, but it also works. Um, the hokey-cokey happens, <laughs> everything. But it, it genuinely is just, 
the person who tells you that about themselves leads on the you know the dis like the, the the final release of that information you know leads on that and the person who receives the information leads on the being that understanding friend who goes oh cool you know you said um you said last episode about should we go for Nando's straight afterwards you know oh i'm hungry should we go and get some food like that's just that is exactly how it should be yeah for sure and i think as well like i don't i don't know if you found this with coming out but for me after i was sort of relieved of the telling everybody that i'm bi and like finding a label that fits and telling the world the label that fits me and after i sort of did that big reveal shall we say I just kind of stopped thinking about my sexuality. It stopped being such a big thing in my life. It kind of just became a part of me rather than this like huge thing within my identity that I was like struggling or battling with at points. Yeah, as soon as you tell the story, the story is kind of done, isn't it? From I think from a personal like perspective, uh, a lot of people were speculating because I uh, happened to have a higher voice than most people did at that point in time. And people were like either he's not hit puberty, he's pretending to be a you know eighteen year old and he's actually twelve, or there just might be something a bit different. Is he you know one of them? And um, I realised as soon as I was like yeah 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 men. Um, as soon as like, I, I'm as soon gay, as I realized and that, then finally you hit puberty. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I have yet, hun. Um, but no, it's like, oh, okay, cool. You told the story, great, good for you. Now no one cares. That's the fact. It's like, okay, you, Alex, you're kind of going on about it a bit too much. <laughs> Never too much, in my view. <laughs> so I think we've come to the conclusion that like you can't really define what bisexuality is, and it's probably up to the person who uses the term to define what that term means to them yeah and as we've seen a lot of people do use the term bisexual one of them is author low shearing whose book by the way is described as a manifesto for bisexual people everywhere have a listen to what low had to say to matt kane about why they like the term bisexual yeah i mean for me it was just that i didn't hear the word pan until several years after it come out and by that point the term bisexual already felt like a comfortable old jumper um <laughs> so i feel like you know pansexual could fit uh my attraction um i definitely don't consider myself only attracted to two genders or men and women um but bisexual just feels a lot more familiar and comfortable to me and that's my personal reason for using it and i think for a lot of bi people slash pan people that's a very similar experience that it depends really with which word which culture which community uh in my book i even joke about Maybe it comes down to which colour scheme you like better. Uh, you know, the the bi flag is pink, purple, blue, and the pan flag is uh, pink, yellow, blue. Maybe you prefer yellow over purple, and that's that's your choice. You know, and I think that's perfectly okay. I love this colour scheme thing, this theory, that in my opinion, the bi flag is superior to the pan flag. I definitely vibe with it a little bit more. But if I was pan, would I still prefer the bi flag or would I prefer the pan flag? Which then makes me think, instead of defining our sexuality on who we're attracted to, maybe we should start defining our sexuality by what flag people like the most. So like (laughs) when you come out fresh from the womb, there's like an array of flags on the floor and like the one that you want to be your like binky blanket to comfort you is the sexuality that you will grow up to be. I think we're also onto something with the term comfortable jumper. I'm sorry, but that is just the best way of describing your sexuality. You know, it's like 
you're talking that little warm blanket of uh, you know snuggling up and going oh this blanket feels right for me as a you know one day old baby what about us with our comfortable jumpers of sexuality why can't i have a big rainbow actually i do have a big rainbow jumper but i've never worn it because <laughs> i don't want to be accused last time i wore it a family member said oh it's joseph it's an amazing technicolor dream coat so i decided not to wear that one again in public but i think that we should use the term comfortable blanket more to describe those sorts of things yeah i totally get that i think um it's 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 nice mm. it's snug it's cozy everyone likes a big jumper um I also found it quite interesting that Lo was sort of saying that people don't want to change their labels because of what they're used to. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's because like the word bi has been around for longer that it seems like it's easier to explain that to other people who aren't part of the rainbow family. I think, you know, pan is still a word that lots of people haven't heard or don't understand and it's newer in our vernacular. So there's something like 40% of the LGBTQ plus community is bi, but maybe in 20 years, 40% of our community will be pan and there'll be a whole new discussion about whether or not pan is still the word that we should be using or if it's something else entirely new. Yeah, we had this before on the on the Pridecast, talking about the, the word gay that was used previously as this catch-all umbrella. You know, the word gay was just, it described everyone. And then we learned as the pride flag kind of evolved and as the language evolved, we all stuck under the same sort of umbrella, but we had different words to describe how we felt about, you know, ourselves, how we felt about the other people in our lives, how we felt about the people who we love, all of that stuff. I think as well, like that starting to change now. Since we recorded that episode to when we're talking now, I definitely feel like there's been an increase in people referring to this community from gay community to the queer community. Yeah, definitely. And I know there's still a lot of hesitation about using that word. Some people prefer it. Some people dislike it. Maybe there'll be a new word for it. But it's definitely a word that's changed meaning and changed dominance in our language over time. Yeah, so Lowe explains there why they prefer the term bisexual over the term pansexual. But they also hint that there might be some crossover between the two. And someone else who spoke about this idea of crossover was Ramses Oliva. Have a listen to what he had to say. I think there is definitely some level of overlap between the definitions. And um, I think the definition really depends on how someone decided to define it as well. Um, I know that a lot of people, for example, define bisexual and pansexual in different ways. Um, sometimes bisexual is defined as being attracted to men and women. Sometimes it's defined as being attracted to two or more genders. Sometimes it's defined as being attracted to people regardless of gender. And these are all valid and commonly used definitions. For me, specifically, pansexual and paramantic means that I'm attracted to people regardless of gender. Um, but I know that some people would uh, identify the same as, as bisexual as well. So definitely some overlap there. Do you know the one thing I'm getting from these clips it's sort of a theme that it really is subjective on how you feel about a word. You know, what do you think? Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think that is basically what we've come to, to find. It's mm. like people are attracted to people, statement, fact, full stop. But also people want to define their attraction to other people with the words that they choose fit them. It's like they are finding a word and morphing the word into something that works for them rather than trying to fit into the box of what the word is 
literally defining. Yeah, of course. In, in like a really nice, fun, fluid way. No, it's all about those those labels, isn't it? We spend so much of our lives being told, don't, you know, feel like you need to label yourself with something. And then when you do feel like it's time to label yourself with something, it's nice to have a label that feels right for you. And your label that feels right for you may, to someone else in a similar circumstance, not feel like the right label. It doesn't matter. It's just what feels right for you. Exactly. And when we spoke to Lewis last week, he seemed to agree. Have a listen. I think, and this is probably just me being stubborn it's it's one of those things where i'm like look everyone has tried to convince me i'm not bisexual you're not gonna now convince me i'm not bisexual actually there's a different one i should be using from the other side you know what i mean like so yeah. i'm like now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll go down on the bisexual shit <laughs> you're not gonna talk me out of it from either angle <laughs> i think that is absolutely fair enough from lewis and another issue we spoke about with him briefly last week was the representation of bisexual people in the media and beyond. So let's continue with that theme, shall we? We'll do it right after your Virgin Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl Jackson. Thank you. Hello. First this week... The highest court in the UK for British Overseas Territories has blocked marriage equality in both the Cayman Islands and Bermuda in a huge blow to LGBT plus people who live there. Although same-sex marriage was legalised in Bermuda in May 2017, it was later recriminalised and then legalised again in 2018. The Bermudan government then decided to take its case to the Privy Council in an effort to have marriage equality made illegal for the third time. The Privy Council ruled that based on the constitution of the Cayman Islands, which described marriage as between a man and a woman, same-sex marriage should remain illegal. Now, trans Olympian Caitlyn Jenner has again spoken about her opposition to trans women taking part in sports, saying that we have to protect women's sports. In an interview with the Daily Mail, Jenner, who's competed in women's professional golf, said trans women and girls should not play for women's teams and added that she believes in strict binary sex. Jamie Lee Curtis used her daughter's birthday to send a message of support to all trans families across the US. Ruby, Jamie's youngest daughter, came out as trans to her mother in 2020 at the age of 25. The Halloween actress wrote on Instagram, Today is the birthday of my trans daughter. I am proud and grateful to be the parent of a trans child and I'm sending support to all of the trans families across the US who are being targeted in this moment by conservative legislatures. Finally, a bit of light relief to end on this week. Catherine Tates attended a premiere of The Nan Movie in her famous character. What was it like doing this film? Uh, it was absolutely fantastic, sweetheart. I had the time of my life. Time of my lifetime. We had a laugh. Really great, really great. And if you uh, come see the movie, you'll find out. The comedian appeared wearing prosthetics, orthopaedic shoes and a wig at the event in London and also wore a Ukraine flag scarf. Her famous character, Joni Taylor, first appeared on The Catherine Tate Show in the early 2000s. The film is released today. That's all for this week. I'll have more next week. Thank you, Daryl. Now, as Shivani mentioned, we very briefly chatted with Lewis Oakley last week about the representation of bisexuality in the media. And somebody else we heard from last week was author Jen Winston. Let's see what she had to say about representation. There's this thing that happens in the media where bisexuality is often 
shown on screen as a behavior rather than it being named as a thing that you are. So it's always like immediately associated with sex. Like that's the only way you can like show it on screen. Like I walk in this room and I have sex with a guy. I walk in this room and I have sex with a woman. I walk in this room, I have sex with a non-binary person, which was not on TV in the 90s. But that's, I think, the the biggest problem that the media has had around bisexuality is like just assuming that if you show rather than tell, which is a like axiom that works when you're talking about like someone being gay, you can show them with a man and it like implies that he's gay. But it doesn't imply that he's bi unless you say it because it is inherently fluid. And so it's inherently like needs to be spoken about because it doesn't exist on that like visible physical plane. Love the little cameo from pansexual queen Miley Cyrus there with Midnight Sky. What's that music all about? <laughs> it's actually funny enough, there is a story behind it. It's from our Why Buy documentary, three-parter that you can listen to uh, a bit earlier in the Virgin Radio podcast stream. We've had so many clips from it on last week's episode and we continue to do so because it's great. We continue to do so. What I found great about that, though, that that made us want to use that clip from Jen was the fact that Jen puts it in words. Yes, it's always shown with behaviour and that's really valid. Bisexuality is always shown with behaviour. But that that's kind of almost why there's such a lack of representation when there's a for example a man who has a relationship with a woman on tv and then that man ends up wanting to date a man the audience or the way it's always conveyed to the audience is like oh that person is gay and they're gay now they've come out and now they're with a man and they're gay but maybe actually the person is bi and that would also be okay and that would be a really nice storyline to represent on tv but it's always either gay or straight Yeah, we interestingly spoke with Lewis about that last week in the idea that your sexuality is defined by the person you are with, you know, the person that you're seen with. As you say, if you are seen with a a person of the opposite gender, you are straight. If you're seen with a person same gender, you are not straight. You are gay or lesbian if you are female. And I just think it's a... It's really interesting that that has been put into words yet again. It's clearly a theme that we're seeing throughout these two episodes. Yeah, and I think um, it's something that a lot of bisexual friends of mine struggle with if they're in same-sex or opposite-sex relationships. They feel that the relationship is almost defining their sexuality, which is obviously part of their identity, and nobody wants to be solely defined by the relationship that they're in. Um, And it's one of those things that, can feel quite hurtful and you almost find yourself having to talk about your sexuality more than you might want to because you're having to constantly tell people or you feel like you're having to constantly share your that part of your identity with people by saying yes I'm in a relationship with somebody of the same sex or the opposite sex but actually I'm bisexual and it's something that maybe you don't want to tell people about all the time but it's how people assume you to be. Yeah, and I really do think that Jen pretty perfectly sums up the state of bi-representation at the moment in the media. But obviously, representation spreads further than simply what is on the telly. No, of course it does. And one place where you'd expect bisexual people to be represented is at Pride, right? But that hasn't always been the case. Let's have a listen to Libby Baxter-Williams, director of the Bisexual Women's Advocacy Organisation Biscuit, who spoke about bringing the first bi-float to London Pride in 2018. 
So the very first big project I got involved in was a float in London Pride. It's transpired that there'd never been a bi float in Pride in London in 47 years. It's just like such a massive thing that's just missing, like like a quarter of the acronym is not represented. Uh, so I thought, right, well, I'm not having that. Threw up a, a crowdfunder, severely underestimated how much money we would need but luckily was able to then work with a couple of corporates and some charities to pull the money together and to see that uh, float in the parade um, I wasn't able to be on it because despite having done all that work I still needed to be somewhere else but I I was able to watch it um, and watch the crowd as the, the float went past and it filled me with so much joy to see often teenagers who are seeing their sexuality validated for the first time. You know, they go to LGBT Pride events, but they don't expect to see the B represented, uh, which is kind of sad in itself. But when it is represented, people go nuts for it because they're so happy to not be marginalised. First of all, it's rude that I was not invited to be on the bi float. That is very rude. I noted that. Yeah. You are off my Christmas card list. And on the hate list? <laughs> no, well, not that far. Not that far. Okay. But I, I, I love that there's a bifloat because it's kind of like floating and sexuality is so fluid. And it's like, I don't know, there's some nice synchronization there. Yeah. The alternative is like the gay bus because there are a lot of men on it. And that's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going with that. Um, I, sometimes there doesn't need to be an equivalent for the gays. Just saying the bisexuals can have their own thing sometimes, and that's okay. Alex is nodding in <laughs> approval. Yeah, I think that's a, a really weirdly sort of nice little way of referring to sexuality, isn't it? Just a float. And also how you kind of want life to be if you are, you know, bisexual, just kind of breezing along and not having to worry too much about what term people perceive me as it's more what term I should feel comfortable with I I do just have to say you know the first year that there was a bi float in Pride in London was 2018 yeah that's that's quite a uh that's quite bad there's always been this conversation about how bisexual people don't feel welcome in queer spaces because they are so heavily weighted to gay people we've we've discussed it on previous episodes of the podcast and so here we are listening to how it's so endemic in how pride was that bi people were just kind of considered to be outsiders to the pride community the pride community is supposed to celebrate all queer people outsiders for 47 years yeah it's ridiculous but i know for a fact that there have been barclays floats or at least people marching in Pride who are wearing the Barclays T-shirts and the PwC T-shirts and all of those like corporate sponsors. And what if the B in LGBT didn't actually stand for bisexual, (laughs) but stands for Barclays? And we've been getting it wrong this whole time. (laughs) And the L stands for Lloyd's. Barclays has been represented at Pride for much longer than the bisexual community. I think we've been doing it wrong. Uh, the actual, they're going to recolor the logo and they're just going to put like the Barclays Eagle in the middle of the <laughs> blue. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think if, yeah, the number of years that Barclays has been represented at Pride, I just think we're onto something. Scientific. 
you know though i think that representation really matters you know the importance of seeing things we, we've spoken about how nice it is to see storylines represented in a meaningful way you know not just kind of like uh specific queer storylines but also that incidental representation of you know people left right and center that are queer and living storylines that aren't just focused about our queerness our gayness our bi-ness whatever but also focused on the you know the day-to-day lives that we lead and the representation of those day-to-day lives and i think that's a really nice sort of thing to see you know you can imagine being a young queer person that struggled with your identity and seeing oh bye what's that and seeing a float go along you know or seeing oh barclays what's that and finally finding representation in yourself seeing the barclays in the banking community (laughs) (laughs) i just yeah i just i actually do you know it's quite disappointing it's quite sad that there have been a number of years Mm. at which it's not just barclays like you know they've got to be to start off their name so i'm i'm making it all about them but it's not just Barclays it's PwC it's Barclays it's Tesco it's all of these big corporate sponsors and brands who have a lot of prominence and place at pride events and nobody thought hey it's the second letter in the acronym let's give these people a platform when it came to the bisexual community there's a huge proportion of the community of LGBTQ plus people who are bisexual and they just didn't get seen or, or, you know, they might have been there in, in the marches, but they didn't get that representation. They were sort of seen as, as either gay or lesbian. Yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> you either want to have people in the community and you want to have this as an inclusive community or you don't. You know, you can't say bring on the lesbians and bring on the gays without bringing on the bi's. Ultimately, you know, I'll bring on the lesbians and we're going to celebrate them and we're going to give them their representation. Bring on the gays. Oh, we're going to celebrate them and give them the representation. Oh, but you don't identify as completely that. Oh, sorry, this place isn't for you, which is what it's felt like, as we've heard from previous people on the podcast. Yeah, again, it's that thing of being defined by either being... It's, 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 it's being seen as sort of gay or lesbian light as a as opposed to a completely different uh sexuality altogether and independent of your own right and uh on that note it's probably all we've got time for on our special was all about bisexuality and just a reminder you know we've already said this once but it's a great documentary if you want to know more you can find nikki hodgson's fantastic why buy documentary from last year on the version radio broadcast stream And you'll get your weekly dose of bisexual representation via me. We'll be back (laughs) next Friday. But if you'd like to get in touch with us about anything we've discussed before then, you can email us on pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. Or you can tweet us at virginradiouk, remembering to use hashtag virginradiopridecast. See you next week. Bye. Bye.